The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Surah Yaseen, Qalbul Qur'an. Surah Yaseen is the Qalb, the heart of the Quran Kareem. Everything has a heart. And the heart of the Quran is Surah Yaseen. And you know that without a leg, or without a hand, or without an eye, a person can still survive. But if a person does not have the heart, then it collapses. That shows that the understanding of the entire Quran Kareem and the main things and main themes of the Quran Kareem is all in Surah Yasin. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the Quran, Allah speaks about the Risalat, Allah speaks about His Tawheed, Allah speaks about Jannah, Allah speaks about Jahannam, Allah speaks about the resurrection. So all the fundamentals of Aqeedah and the fundamentals of a believer is all retained and is contained in Surah Yasin. In a hadith it is narrated that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man qara'a surah Yasin a'ashara marratin, he who recites surah Yasin ten times, that is equal to reciting, sorry, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he who recites surah Yasin once, Man qara'a surah Yasin, he who recites surah Yasin once, it's equal to ten Qur'ans. So imagine you recite Surah Yasin, you get the thawab by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you recited the whole Quran Kareem from Surah Al-Fatiha unto Surah Al-Nas ashara maratin ten times. In another hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, He who recites Surah Yasin in the morning, Asbaha maghfuran lahu, Allah ta'ala will forgive all his sins during the day. وَمَنْ قَرَعَ سُورَ يَاسِينَ He who recites Surah Yasin in the evening, then he amsa maghfuran lahu, that evening Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive his sins. So if a person recites it daily twice, Allahu Akbar, you'll see the barakah and the forgiveness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant this person. The ulama kiram mentions, that there's a hadith that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, اِقْرَأُوا سُورَةَ يَاسِينَ عَلَى مَوْتَاكُمْ Recite Surah Yasin upon those whom are dying, those whom are nearing death, those whom are in the terminal illness. They probably go tonight or tomorrow or a day or thereafter. So at that moment in time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to tell us as an ummah to recite Surah Yaseen oftenly around in that, you know, uh, environment. And the reason why, لِنُزُولِ الرَّحْمَةِ وَالْبَرَكَةِ لِنُزُولِ الرَّحْمَةِ وَالْبَرَكَةِ Because when Surah Yaseen is recited, there is a cloud burst of rahmah and a cloud burst of, subhanAllah, rahmah and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the malaika of rahmah come down. That is why the ulama mention that ma quri'a inda kulli asirin. This, this surah is not recited in any difficulty except it's the crack code for ease to come. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring ease. People are having finance, financial issues in your house. 
recite Surah Yasin often. You're having a difficulty, someone is ill, recite Surah Yasin often. It's the heart of the Quran Kareem. It's the quickest way of, alhamdulillah, drawing and entertaining the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my beloved subhanallah, it comes in another hadith that when a person recites Surah Yasin upon those whom are passing away, then that person will not die thirsty. And in his grave, he will not be thirsty. And on the day of Qiyamah, he will awake when the entire humanity will be thirsty, he will be satiated and he will not be thirsty. So imagine a person passing away. In your life, you took out the time to teach your children Surah Yaseen. You took your time to make sure everyone in your home daily recites Surah Yaseen. The day you're passing away, your children are around you, they're reciting Surah Yaseen. That's an affirmation that now you don't need the physical water of the world. It's a different type of thirst. It's a thirst caused by fear. It's a thirst caused by moving from one world to another. And Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala affirms that you will have water of the Akhirah. And you will be quenched at the time of your death. And quenched in your grave. And quenched on the day of Qiyamah. Because of those who are reciting Surah Yasin around you. I always say that if you want a good environment around you when you die, if you, subhanallah, I was just speaking to some people in the hospital not long ago, and they were saying that more than the physical pain people experience in the hospitals, it's the trauma of being alone. It's the trauma of the mental the mental play and the emotions of the person. No one is coming to visit me. This morning I was reading that there was a man, he blocked, his, you know, the post box, every day he would get a newspaper. So he blocked the post box. So the person coming to deliver the newspaper came and knocked the door. The uncle opened, he took the newspaper and he smiled. So he said, sir, I just want to tell you, your post box is blocked. He said, I blocked it for purpose. He said, but then it's raining, your newspaper might get wet. He says, I don't read the newspaper. He said, then why do you order it? He said, just to hear a knock on my door every day. No one visits me. No one cares about me. I'm all alone. I just want someone to knock my door to check every day if I'm alive. Because the day will go, I'll die, no one will even know I'm dead. So many people are in hospital, they're dying, no one to care about them. The physical illness and pain is one. The emotional trauma that they are going through, no one to... As Muslims, we are there for our death, uh, our, our terminally ill. We are there for someone that's sick. Nabi Karim said, when someone is passing away, nafisulahu fi umrihi. Tell him he's going to live long. <laughs> He said, Ya Rasulullah, can that change the taqdeer? He said, taqdeer will not change, but you'll make him die a better person and a happier person. You'll change his emotional state. So if you want, I'm saying, today I'm saying, if you want people around you reciting Surah Yasin, Am kuntum, were you there 
Were you there? Were you present? When Yaqub was about to pass away, it called sons, Yusuf all his other sons, whom are you going to worship after me? We will believe in one Lord, one Allah, the Allah of Ibrahim, of Ismail, of Ishaq. We want our children around us to read for us, to give us water, to give us an environment conducive and supportive that we go to the Akhirah. With La ilaha illallah, talqeen. Then, alhamdulillah, we also need to do that for others. When we hear someone is ill, someone is sick, we visit them, we go, we teach our children to go around people and support them when they're ill. We read for them. Someone is dying, we go last minute, we read Yasin for them. Then, inshallah, Allah will make it that when you're passing away, there'll be people there for you. But if you don't care, people can die. Message come, message goes. Janazah comes, janazah goes. Ah, why must I go in the rain to the graveyard? Just leave it, just leave it, forget it. The day you pass away, my brother, who's going to come and bury you? The day you pass away, you were there for no one. You never make an effort to visit anyone. Who is there I have been for janazahs? That it's difficult to carry the janazah because there's hardly two people there. And Mr. said, when there's 40 people for the janazah, Allah Ta'ala forgives. Allah says, 40 people from my ummah has come for the janazah of this person. Forgive So my beloved, it's coming back. And today everyone is busy in the day. You pass away on a night, in the next day, the, your janazah is after dhuhr prayer. People got office. You have to be very special to their heart for them to leave work for that afternoon to come for your janazah. So make that special place in people's heart. So special. The day you die, they'll take the afternoon off from their work to come for your janaz. My beloved, subhanallah, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam done so much for us. Did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not give up his own leisures, his own luxuries, his own comforts? He gave up his own children, his blood, his sweat, was everything for this ummah. And then, if today, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has one wish with me and you not jump at it. And my Nabi, you gave everything for me. Could I not also do something to make you happy? If the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is visiting us today. Would each one of us not go throughout to whatever extent he can to provide the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with anything he wants? And the Prophet said, I leave you with one wish. And I wish that all of you can fulfill this wish. And the wish was lawadattu. I wish that Surah Yasin is memorized by every of my Ummati follower. So let's teach Surah Yasin at first to our children. Let every member of the house know Surah Yasin. Sometimes you can't become a full Hafiz of the Quran, it's difficult, but at least every child should be, Alhamdulillah, memorizing Surah Yasin. Now, starting with Surah Yasin, Yasin wal Quran al Hakim. Yasin. What is the meaning of Yasin? Huruful muqattaat. 
There's huruful muqatta'at, no one knows the meaning except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some says Rasulullah was given the certain knowledges, some says only Allah knew the meaning of Yasin, Alif Lamim, Hamim. But Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu says, Yasin is actually Ya Harf Nida, calling out. And Sin is Insan. Sin is a symbol for insan. Ya ayyuhal insan. Like Allah says in another ayat of the Quran Kareem, Ya ayyuhal insan, ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem. Oh insan, what has deceived you from your Lord? Where are you going? Where's your navigation to? So ya ayyuhal insan, oh human being, ya seen, ya ayyuhal insan. Some say that Yasin is a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some even say that it is a name of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further says in this ayah, Yasin wal Quran al-Hakim, by the qasam of this Quran, which is filled with wisdom. This Quran al-Kareem is filled with wisdom. The Quran al-Kareem, my beloveds, subhanAllah, if you understand the Quran al-Kareem, how many a time, and I say this over and over again, you feel overwhelmed, you feel distressed, you feel down, you pick up the Quran al-Kareem, you just read half a page, it realigns you, it re-navigates you, it composes you, it's so apt, it's so accurate, that after reading it and understanding it, all your worries go away. You understand you are living for a greater purpose. You understand who is your Lord. You understand what is right, what is wrong. The Quran Kareem is very minimal words but so much meaning. This morning, we done the ayat of breastfeeding. Breastfeeding. And you would think, what the, what the Quran has to say about breastfeeding? But ask the students to what degree Allah goes on explaining about how long the breastfeeding should be, when the lady is breastfeeding, who should bear the expenses in the occasion of talaq, what happens if the wife's husband passes away, if the talaq is given, then Allah Ta'ala goes on that if the husband disappears or the husband gives talaq or the husband passes away, and a new entity wants to come and get married to this girl, how should he approach proposal? And then Allah Ta'ala speaks about if the husband gave talaq and they differed and they went their ways, how it is more becoming and rightful that the husband and wife get together, the wali should not come in between and try to separate. The detail the Quran is going through. And then I reach this point where Allah Ta'ala is saying, that if your wife cannot feed the child, breastfeed the child, then get a wet nurse, but be ma'roof in ma'ateitum be ma'roof. A wet nurse, like who, what importance do, me, do I give to a wet nurse? She's just coming and giving milk to my child. But Allah say, even that wet nurse, treat her with respect and give her pay with ma'roof, with dignity. When you pay people, even if it's a person who takes out blood, a hajama, a cupping person, 
even if it's a marketing person, even if it's a sweeper, they have done work in lieu of the money you are giving them that doesn't make you any better than them. So when you're giving it, Allah says, give the money, even if it means your wetness, with dignity. A person rather takes a lesser amount of salary but with dignity than taking a bigger amount and all the time the boss is speaking in front of them. Throwing it in their face. I give you so much money. I do this for you. Make them here all the time. Degrade them in front of others. A person's dignity is very important. Don't, don't treat people like commodities. Treat people with respect. Treat people how you want to be respected. Today you are in charge. Tomorrow Allah can turn the tables and the same person whom you're treating so bad can be above you. So the Quran is Hakim. Wal Quran al Hakim inna kalamin al Mursaleen. What is the Qasam about? Allah Ta'ala is taking the Qasam by the Quran al Kareem. O Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam We take a qasam You are from amongst the Prophets They belie you They say you are not You are sa'ir and majnoon They call you a lunatic They call you a sorcerer But by the qasam of Allah By the qasam of the Quran Hakim, You are the Prophet of Allah And Ala siratin mustaqim Don't doubt You are on the straight path you are on the straight path. You are calling to Allah. You are calling to the Akhirah. You are on the straight path. Where is this Quran from? Tanzeel al-Aziz al-Rahim. This Quran al-Kareem is a revelation from the Almighty, the All-Merciful. Why has the Quran been placed upon you? What's the idea? لِتُنْذِرَ قَوْمًا مَّا أُنْذِرَ آبَاؤُهُمْ so you may want a nation, probably their forefathers never have the privilege. All the Anbiya came to the Bani Israel. Isn't it? Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam was the only Arab Nabi. And thereafter from Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, we call a long time passed by before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam came. Thousands of years. Some say up to two to three, some says four to four and a half thousand, some says more up to six thousand years passed between Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, almost a thousand years or two thousand years before Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, Musa alayhi salam to Isa alayhi salam, another two thousand years. So from Ibrahim alayhi salatu time to Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam was several thousand years. No Nabi came to the Arabs, all the Nabis came to the Bani Israel. So Ma'undira Aba'uhum. These Arabs were barbaric. They were living out in the, you know, the wastelands. No one wanted to even rule them. They were killing their daughters. So we sent you the best of prophets, the last of prophets to this nation to give them warning and to make them aware. فَهُمْ غَافِلُونَ لَقَدْ حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ عَلَىٰ أَكْثَرِهِمْ فَهُمْ لَا Al-Qawl is the punishment. The punishment has been obliged upon many of them, yet they do not believe. إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا فِي is throats. Their necks, we have placed on their necks aglal. Aglal means fetters, collars, iron collars. If a person has an iron collar, sometimes a person breaks his neck, 
They put that collar around, you see, he can't turn, right? His neck is just straight, he has to turn his whole body to look around. A person has a collar around his neck, he's stuck, he can't look. So he can't even turn quickly, he is not swift. His head is forced upwards, he can't see down. And on top of that, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ سَدَّا وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ سَدَّا We put a barrier, a veil in front of them, and a barrier and a veil beneath, behind them. فَأَخْشَيْنَاهُمْ We cover them. فَهُمْ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ They can't see, they can't see. You wonder, you wonder, COVID came and COVID went. People's businesses got battered. People were stuck for almost 50 to over 156 days sitting at home doing nothing. Economies plummeted. Government organizations were shut. Yet people can't realize that there's a power beyond. Yet people, a person's own family member will be dying. They can't understand there's an akhirah. You explain to them, you tell them. They can't understand. How is it possible they understand the smallest of things, the minutest of things, the most acute of things? They are subhanAllah lawyers and engineers. They are scientists and theologians. But they can't understand that there's Allah. And Allah Ta'ala has power. They can't understand. Because they have the collarbone. And because they are, subhanAllah, there's a veil in front of them and a veil behind them. Akshayn fahum la. You can call Sudais, you can call Sheikh Shurain to read for them. You can call Sheikh Abdul Basit. Nay! In Ramadan, by the Kaaba Musharrafa, Jibreel will come down. Muhammadur Rasulullah will recite it. Abu Jahl will say, I don't want to believe. Nothing will move him. Even Muhammadur Rasulullah reciting the Quran, fresh from Jibreel, in Makkah Al-Mukarramah, in Ramadan, will not move the heart of Abu Jahl. Once the heart is stamped closed, nothing will go in. So Allah says, The kufar came together and they said, Muhammad has been preaching against us. Against our deities, against our gods. And long time has gone, we have tried everything. We've tried to even expel him. They went to Abyssinia and then he put Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam between the two mountains. What else can we do? So some people said, let's take him out of Makkah altogether. Shaytan himself took the form of an old man and gave adverse advice and said, if you expel him from Makkah, Mukarramah, he will go out and he will leverage his followers and they will attack you. They said, let's imprison him. They said, all his followers are already in Medina. If they hear that you have imprisoned their Nabi, they will come to fight you. So they said, oh, old man, if you have such great wisdom, then why don't you tell us what to do? And he put his hand, Shaitan, Al-Qatal, Al-Qatal, kill him. They said, if we all, if we kill him, how will it be that our tribe will face the Banu Hashim? The Banu Hashim is strong. The Banu Hashim will not leave us. They said, he said, 
take one tribe leader from every tribe. You are more than 12 clans. You take a tribe leader from all the clans. And you send them with Abu Jahl to go and assassinate and kill the Prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And once you do that, the Banu Hashim will not be able to fight all the clans put together. So then all the clans can come together and put the blood money together and pay the blood money and it's over. Good plan. So Abu Jahl and his cronies that night get together and they gather by the door of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Abu Jahl, he says that look at Muhammad Today he is captured in his own little hut. Yesterday he was telling us that if we believe in him, we will become the kings and the rulers of the Byzantine and the Sassanid Empire. And today Muhammad is hiding in his own house and we are about to kill him. He promised us that if we die, Allah Ta'ala will bring us back alive again. And we will be eating from the grapes of Jannah like we eat from the grapes of Urdun, Jordan. And he promised us about a fire. And he told us about resurrection. And then he has the audacity to tell us, if you don't believe in me, there will be al-qatl, al-dabha. The, those who are the arch enemies of Islam will meet the end on his hands. He has a laugh and he says, but today he's hiding in his heart. By morning we're going to kill him. At that moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that, O Prophet of Allah, make your exit now. And he came out, فَأَخَذَ He took a handful of sand. He left Ali radiallahu anhu in his bed. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu later on asked. Someone asked him, Oh Ali, were you not scared? You were sleeping in the bed of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the night. Uh, which was the night of assassination. If they mistook you to be Muhammad, they would have killed you in a jiffy. He said, I was scared, of course, who's not? But then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam held my hand and told me, Oh Ali, al-liqa fi Medina. We will meet in Medina Munawwara. The Prophet never lies. The Prophet ﷺ, by him saying he will meet me in Medina, it gave me such an assurance that was the best night's sleep I ever had. The best night's sleep I ever had. He moves out, he takes that handful of soil. And he reads, وَجَعَلْنَا مِن بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ سَدَّى These ayat. وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ سَدَّى فَأَخْشَيْنَاهُمْ فَهُمْ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ We put a cover in front of them, a cover behind them. We made them with collars up and they cannot see. And then he took the soil and he threw it. شَاحَةِ الْوُجُوهِ And subhanallah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam walked right in between them. All 12 of them, including Abu Jahl, he passed them one by one, putting sand on their faces. They never know. Later in the night, someone came and they said, 
Why are you guys waiting here? They said, Naqtulu Muhammada. We came here, we're waiting. Tajjah time is going to come out, we're going to catch him. He said, Muhammad has gone. Not only that, he threw sand on your head, feel it. One by one start feeling their heads and a whole lot of sand start falling off. Someone said, you know what, you must read this dua when the police are there. When you're speeding and then you see the police, you watch Alna min bayni aidihim sadda wa min khalfihim sadda. The police won't see you. Don't speed, brothers, don't speed. <laughs> so, anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted protection to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It comes in another hadith, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was by the Kaaba Musharrafa. Umm Jamil, Umm Jamil is the wife of Abu Lahab. She came with the femur bone of the camel. And she wanted to hit the Prophet with it. Now you can imagine how huge the femur bone of the camel is. And it's, if you hit someone on the head, Abu Bakr anhu panicked. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, this is Umm Jamil. She's coming with the femur bone of the camel. The Prophet said, Kafah Allah. Allah is sufficient for her. When she came, it is mentioned that she walked past the Prophet and she looked at Abu Bakr, where is your companion? And Abu Bakr just understood it all and he smiled. It's right here but you can't see him. Allah can blind whom he wants when he wants. And Allah can open vision for you to wherever you need to see. The Prophet sallallahu he was sitting in Marina Munawwara. Allah ta'ala opened for him the vision that he could see right in Abyssinia. When the Abyssinian king, the Najashi, passed away, the ayat was revealed regarding him. وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ تَرَى أَعْيُنَهُمْ تَفِيذُ مِنَ الدَّمْعَ مِمَّا عَرَفُوا مِنَ الْحَقِّ When they hear the Qur'an, Ja'far anhu recited those ayat of Surah Maryam. It hit his heart. His eyes were tearing. At that moment in time, Allah Ta'ala captured the scene in the Qur'an. He passed away as a believer. He is the one that got the, uh, got the daughter of Abu Sufyan, Ramla bin Abi Sufyan, Ummi Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha, married to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Every other lady of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had a lower mahar. He paid 40,000 gold coins as the mahar for Ummi Habiba to marry Rasulullah. He escorted them right up to Medina. He sent messengers to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When he passed away, Allah Ta'ala opened for him a window right to Abyssinia. The Prophet was standing in Medina and he could see the beer and the corpse of Najashi and he performed the Janazah Salah for Najashi from Medina. When Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in Makkah and the Mi'raj happened and then they came and they doubted and they said, you say you went to Jerusalem, can you explain how Aqsa looks? Now, of course, you go to Aqsa, you're not going to see the chandeliers and the windows and the doors and count the musallas. So Allah Ta'ala opened for him a window standing in Makkatul Mukarramah. He could see directly into Al-Aqsa and he explained exactly how it comes. How many a times he would just sleep and he said, the Nabi sleeps, his eyes sleep but his heart does not sleep. Yanamu aynaya wala yanamu qalbi. My eyes are taking rest, but my body is awake and my heart is awake. 
And that is why subhanallah and Nabi's dream is true. And that's why a Nabi can get up from his sleep and make salah without wudu. Because he knows exactly what is happening. Me and you, we sleep, we don't know if, we, you know, wind went out or not. Prophet ﷺ, when the Anbiya sleep, they are aware of the surroundings. My eyes sleep, my heart is awake. I saw Jannah and Jahannam sitting in the world. Allah showed it to me. Yes, in Mi'raj he went for a tour. But before that and even after that, he saw Jannah and Jahannam sitting in the world. However, however, I'm trying to show you that if Allah opens your vision to something, you'll be able to see in Abyssinia, you'll be able to see in Jerusalem, lay, you'll be able to see in outer space, you'll even see Jannah and Jahannam. But when Allah doesn't want you to see, <laughs> Aisha radiallahu anha says, I came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, I lost my necklace. He said, okay, let's wait a little bit, look for Aisha's necklace. They looked for the necklace, they couldn't find the necklace. The time of salah was getting delayed. People came to Abu Bakr, oh Abu Bakr, because of your daughter's necklace now, salah is becoming, you know, late. Abu Bakr came and he had a hard word with Aisha. Forget your necklace. Like, why are you, you delaying everyone? Tell the Prophet it's okay. And now there was panic. Aisha doesn't know what to do. Nabi said, no, look for the necklace. We'll find the necklace. Look for it. They looked everywhere. They couldn't find it. It was late. They never have water. Now, even if you rush and you go, where are you going to find water? Salah is coming to an end. How are they going to find wudu? The ayat of tayammum was revealed. Ya ayyuhalladina amun ila. You can't find. Fatayammamu sa'idan tayyiban. Then use the soil and make tayammum. So Allah Ta'ala gave such a gift to this ummah of Tayammu. Then they all came back to Abu Bakr and they began to salute him. This is not the first barakah of your family, O Abu Bakr. Because of your doing, Allah gave us ease today, alhamdulillah. So my beloved, subhanallah, they still never find the necklace. So Rasulullah said, we can't find the necklace, it's dark now, let's go. The camel woke up, the necklace was underneath the camel. When Allah didn't want you to see, you wouldn't even know there's a necklace beyond the camel. And when Allah wants to see, you see right into Jannah and Jannah. So my beloveds, like how physical sight Allah grants and Allah Ta'ala restrains, like that if there's a light in the heart that Allah Ta'ala opens, that is why a believer, when he believes, Allah Ta'ala opens a nur in his heart. اِتَّقُوا فِرَاسَةَ الْمُؤْمِنِ Fear the intuition and the firasa, the insight of a believer. A true believer, a person who is close to Allah Ta'ala, he sees with the nur of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's why they say you can, you can deceive some people sometimes, but you can't deceive everyone all the time. A pious person, a person who whole day is reading Quran, a person whole day is with hadith, he builds such a strong connection with Allah. Immediately when you tell him something, he can see through your words whether you're lying or not. He can see the spirituality of another person. The person just speaks immediately, he gauges the spirituality of that person. It's called the intuition of the heart. Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was one day sitting. And Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in the khutbah of Jum'ah, a man walked in and as he was walking in, there was a lady walking, so he had a bit of a look. <laughs> you know, he just got a bit distracted. So when he walked in the masjid, 
Uthman radiallahu anhu said, in the Jum'ah khutbah, what is, it, what is wrong with some men? They are coming for the Jum'ah prayer, but they are making zina with their eyes. So the man got a shock. <laughs> he screamed out, A wahyun ba'da Rasulillah? Is there wahy after Rasulullah? <laughs> Since when wahy came back? So Uthman radiallahu anhu said, it's not wahy, but hala firasatun. This is a nur that Allah Ta'ala puts in the heart of every believer. So my beloved, it's coming back. When you come closer to Allah, Allah open veils for you. You can see things and the understanding of certain things comes in your heart. And when you go further from Allah and you do sin, then Allah veils your heart. And now you can't see much. Thereafter, Allah Ta'ala says, وَجَعَلْنَا وَسَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَأَنذَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنذِرْهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Whether you admonish them or you don't admonish them, they will not listen. So then the question comes, that why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to admonish them when already Allah Ta'ala knows they're not going to listen? As a hujjat, as Allah says in other places of the Quran Kareem, as a hujjat on the day of Qiyamah, when Allah will tell them why you never believe. If a prophet never come to them, they would say that, you know what? No Rasul came to us. We never know what is the truth. So Allah Ta'ala sends a Nabi to them and Allah Ta'ala proves the hujjat against them that this is what is the truth. Now, if you don't believe, subhanallah, that is upon you. But on the day of Qiyamah, there will not be any excuse for them to say that we never believe because a prophet never come to us. The other question is, Allah Ta'ala blocked them. And if Allah blocks them, they're not going to believe. So isn't that some type of coercing or forcing? If Allah Ta'ala blocks them, now they're not going to believe. So then why hold them responsible and punish them for it? Isn't that a type of zulm? So the answer to that is, Subhanallah, Allah Ta'ala gave them thousand chances. I'll give you an example. There's a person, I'm just giving you a random example that comes to mind. There's a person that walks in here every Thursday night and he disturbs the entire process. He walks in with his shoes, number one. He brings in the mud. He screams. Then, subhanAllah, his phone rings loud. And then, subhanAllah, he starts speaking on his phone. Then he takes all the tissues out of his and he throws it all over. Once we can maybe overlook, twice we can overlook. But if he's persistent over 10 to 12 weeks doing this every week and disturbing everyone's peace, there's a time that we have to tell him, brother, you are not welcome here and close the door on him. Isn't it? Similarly, Allah has granted these people so many chances. Allah has sent prophets to them. The ayat was read on them. Years has passed. But over and over, they proved themselves to be a deterrent for the deen of Allah. A cancer. They spread fitna. Their embodiment is evil. And they only hurt the truth. So there's a time that comes that Allah Ta'ala knows in His infinite knowledge that even if you give them, Allah says, a thousand years, they will not change. So then Allah steps their heart. And then Allah puts the veils. And then Allah Ta'ala covers them. And if there's any khair and have good in that heart, Allah will guide it. If that person inside has some good in him, if that person is looking for the truth, 
Even outwardly he might have evil. Like Umar ibn al-Khattab done a lot of wrong. But inside he was doing that wrong because his idea was that the Prophet was breaking families. Was taking son away from father and father away from son. So because of that he fought the Prophet. He had his own reasons. But he was not evil inside. He had goodness inside. And when that goodness was found, Allah Ta'ala guided him. And how Allah Ta'ala says after that, إِنَّا نَحْنُ نُحْيِ الْمَوْتَى إِنَّا نَحْنُ نُحْيِ الْمَوْتَى We are the ones that give life. We are the ones that give life to the dead. You see a dead person? Who's going to give life to him? Allah is going to give life to him. And how a dead person is in the grave. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, All of you will perish in your graves and nothing will remain except the backbone. And from there, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will make a rain come. And how, when you see a land that is deserted and is brown and there's nothing growing, and then Allah Ta'ala sends Sahaban and then He sends rain and He sends clouds and then it rains. And after a while, just one week, you see the whole landscape transformed transform from brown to yellow, from yellow to green, from green to dark green, then to lush green, and everything changes, and there the flowers come off. Subhanallah, like that, the rain will come. This will be the rain of life. It will touch those bones, and all those people will get up again and march to the mashr by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like how Allah gives life to dead, something that is dead, something which is just a bone lying in, you know, subhanallah, mud, something which is brittle, something that is gone, something that no one even cares about. Allah can give life. Same thing Allah says, these people's hearts that are dead, there's no life in it. But if there's good in it, I can give life to them. I can bring them out of the darkness. How many people their whole life, they've done so much evil. On the 11th hour, Allah turned them, He gave them hidayat and see what happened to them. See our brother Junaid Jamshad, whole life he was in music. He was in the musical industry. And I heard it from his own mouth. He came to Brisbane once. He met, I met him a few times. One day he was saying that subhanallah, he, 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 he made tawbah. He, he changed. But you know, the shaitan comes. And there was this huge actress in, um, in, 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 in Lebanon. And he needed to do a promo with her. So he kept his beard. He kept his beard. And subhanallah, he said, I changed myself and I'm being a practicing Muslim now. But I signed up, I think it was with Pepsi Cola or with some of, you know, a big company. He signed up that he's going to do this ad with this Lebanese actress. So he says, I'm going to Lebanon now. Now I'm thinking, you know what? She's not going to be okay with my beard. She's modern. She's an actress. She's out there. She's going to see me with this beard. She's going to think something weird about me. So she said, he says, you know, maybe I should, should just take it off and just be normal again. And then when I come back to, you know, back to my, my life, then I'll make toba again and then I'll start being practicing and alhamdulillah letting my beard grow and everything else. So he says, I come to the hotel in Beirut. And that night I looked in the mirror and I said, Ya Allah, I want to lengthen my beard. It's a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But I promise you this is the last time. I'm just doing it for this promo. And I'm just doing it because I'm meeting this actress and then it's done. And he says, I take off my beard. 